Governor Mike DeWine has decided to put out an order in Ohio that everyone has to be wearing a mask when they go outside. That is not okay and many for many reasons and uh, I'll be um, talking about that today. So Hello, my renegades. Welcome back to Rogue Radio. I know it's been a long time. My name is Sarah Jane, and let's just get into all the bullshit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And, um, yeah, so I'm not going to explain myself. Y'all know what's going outside. Going on outside. <laughs> and, uh, we're just going to jump right into it. Governor Mike DeWine decided to uh, put a mask order upon Ohio, meaning that you can't go outside without a mask, and if you don't wear a mask, then you have to be at least six feet apart. And apparently this only has to be in effect with uh, certain counties, such as Butler, sorry if I mispronounce this one, Cuyahoga, um, Franklin, Hamilton, Montgomery, Huron, and Trumbull County in Ohio. Social distancing will be advised and masks mandatory. Um, so yeah, places that need to be mandatory for people to be wearing masks is any indoor location that is not your home, um, people who are unable to stay six feet outdoors, um, people who are waiting for the bus, a taxi, um, uh, Uber ride, Lyft ride, or any public transportation, even when you're driving your own car. So the order doesn't apply to children under the age of 10 um, and employees and in workplaces um, and doctor's visits, people have to be wearing masks unless the doctor has decided to um, let you not wear a mask, like you have a medical reason why you can't wear a mask. But um, I kind of find it funny that children under 10 don't have to wear a mask. It doesn't apply. So that just, for me, that just kind of ties into something else that I'd have to talk to you about. Um, abortion, you know, I mean, there's a reason why there's been so many abortions. There's been so many children dying. Um, but that is another, that, that is another episode, and I keep on saying that just so I can keep track with what I'm trying to say. So, um, K-12 guidelines, K-12 guidelines for social distancing. Red level counties will be, um, mandatory masked, meaning they have this level system. If they are level three, then they ha absolutely have to, um, get a mask and wear it outside because they're high-level risks. Um, but according to the Ohio Health Department, uh, five or 58,904 confirmed and probable cases in Ohio. And then there are um, 2,970 admissions 
into intensive care. So I'd like to know why the probable and confirmed causes are bunched up like this. Because not everybody who is hospitalized with breathing problems end up having COVID-19. Not everybody, because there's people who have asthma. There's people who have, um, you know, different problems with their respiratory system. And yes, they say, oh, if you have already, if you already have like respiratory problems, you more are more likely to get it. But the thing is, is that if you don't have the symptoms of COVID-19, okay, you don't have it. And yes, it's very hard to distinguish that with someone who has a respiratory problem, but if you know that they don't have COVID-19, why are they staying in the hospital? Why? So anyway, I did the math. So um, in my county, there's about 3,900... Oh my God, hang on. <laughs> there's about 3,079 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in my county in Ohio. I live in Ohio. And then there are 650 hospitalizations. Now, if I do the math correctly, that's a 2,400 difference between people who have been confirmed and people who are just hospitalized. So that's 2,000 people that could or could not have the COVID-19, but they're still in the hospital. Let's go on to the more affected places like Hamilton County. That's 7,046 7, people that have confirmed cases, but there's 788 different um, hospitalizations. That's a 6,258 difference. Are you doing the math? That means that there are people in the hospital that do not have COVID-19 that could or could not be held against their will in the hospital when they do not have COVID-19. In Cuyahoga, I don't even know if I'm saying that word right, 9,359 confirmed cases, 1,732 people have been hospitalized. That is a 7,000 difference. 7,000 difference. That is a big fucking number. There's 7,000 people in the hospital that could or could not have COVID-19. Okay? That is not okay. Because for people who have been hospitalized and that do not have COVID-19 and they're still in the same floor and in the same intensive care unit as COVID-19, they are bound to get it. They are rounding up the ill people in order for them to control the population. Now, Franklin County, now this one's scary. Franklin County, 12,301 confirmed cases, along with 1,200 hospitalizations. That is the 11,081 difference 
like I said, those are people, 11,000 people, who could or could not have the COVID-19 virus. And they're all on the same floor. They're all in the same intensive care unit with all of the same nurses, okay? Now, I'm not putting any shame on any nurses, but that is a very high risk for someone who doesn't have the COVID-19. And there's people who are caring for them that spread it to them. This sound clip that I'm about to play is a from Senator Scott Jensen, who blows the whistle on falsified death certificates tied to COVID-19. So, I am just going to play the whole clip, and um, we will go from there. I am here! I'm sorry, my boss is texting me. On a news program, which happened to take place I am on here. April 7th, and you could find that one. It was with Chris Berg, if you wanted to. And the other allegation was that I provided reckless advice in my willingness to compare COVID-19 and the flu. When I got this letter, I was ticked. And quite frankly, I leaned into the comfort and wisdom of my family to help them, let them walk me and talk me off the cliff. But doggone it, if this can happen to me, my view is it could happen to every, anybody. I mean, I've been a family doc for 40 years. I work hard, I love my patients, I do house calls, I've been medical directors, I've held staff positions in hospitals to help make things work better. I've been in the Senate for four years and I've learned a lot. I've never had anything like this happen. Shoot them out. Five years ago I was named the Minnesota Family Doctor of the Year in Minnesota. And I get this because a couple people complained. And I don't get to know who those people are. I don't know if they're routinely in a political camp, if they're activists. I've gone online and looked at what it takes to complete a complaint that the Board of Medical Practice has to follow up on. It's a one-page deal. You can say what you want. You could be a huge donor for the other party. And I wouldn't get to know what I wouldn't get to know. You live in my district. I don't, I don't get to know anything. I checked. So, here I am. I've spent the better part of the last six days preparing a response. I understand how important the work is that the Board of Medical Practice does. I mean, physicians do screw up. Two of the big areas where physicians mess up is inappropriate sexual behavior, inappropriate self-medicating, certainly with opiates. But this is an odd position for me to be in. And I am just stunned. But I should have seen it coming because I saw the threats on social media. I've seen them for the last two or three months. I've seen them come from physicians. I've seen them come from people in all walk of life. They didn't agree with me. They didn't like it that I was trying to provide some context for the flu, for COVID-19. We've had some 35, 40,000 cases of COVID-19 in Minnesota thus far. According to the Department of Health people, that might translate into 10 times that many. And if it does translate it 10 times, I mean, that's 350,000 cases. But in 2018, we had more than a half a million Minnesotans with the flu. When I say that, am I recklessly giving you advice regarding COVID-19 and the flu? 
Dr. Anthony Fauci has come out and compared them all the time. Dr. Mike Osterholm has. In terms of the death certificates, on April 3rd, I got an email from the Department of Health that said very clearly that we should report COVID-19 on death certificates if it is assumed to have caused or contributed. Well, that's not how we do death certificates. The official ICD-10 coding for April 1st, 2020 through September 30th, 2020, during the time frame in question, says this. If the provider documents suspected, possible, probable, or inconclusive COVID-19, do not assign U07.1, which is COVID-19 disease. It says, assign a code explaining the reason for the encounter, such as fever, or a cough, or shortness of breath. That's what the official instructions say. So, I get this on April 3rd. I end up inadvertently, sort of accidentally, running it up the flagpole with Chris Berg on April 7th. And what happens? The Department of Health, a few days later, comes out with a clarification. And then a few weeks later, they come out with another clarification. And I appreciate it. Fact of the matter is, I'm proud of the Department of Health in Minnesota for saying, we are not going to list non-confirmed cases as deaths in Minnesota. We are going to put an asterisk by them, and we'll follow up on those later. But that's not what Pennsylvania was doing. That's why they had to subtract 200 patients from their COVID-19 death count. Colorado did the same thing. New York went the other direction. New York said, we're having more deaths in a certain period than we normally have, so those deaths must be COVID-19. We just didn't pick them up. So never mind the testing. We're adding 3,700 to our total, and, oh, well, that does increase 50%. So I'm in the position where I have to explain that I wasn't spreading misinformation. And I'm not being reckless when I talk about COVID-19 and the influence of both being single-stranded RNA viruses that are respiratory in nature with similar symptoms and can be spread through particulate matter and aerosol transmission. I've got an eight-page document that I put together for the Board of Medical Practice. And let me be clear. They do important work, and I'm going to fully cooperate with them. I also have some 70 pages of attachments. And in the attachments, I've got the Pennsylvania Department of Health slashing their numbers by 201. I've got the Department of Health in Illinois, where one of the directors says that just because we put COVID-19 down on the death certificate as cause of death, that doesn't mean the patient died of COVID-19. She said that. Dr. Fauci, when he talks about influenza, he was the lead article in this New England Journal article. And he said this, if one assumes that the number of asymptomatic or minimally symptomatic cases for COVID-19 is several times as high as the number of reported cases, the case fatality rate may be considerably less than 1%. This suggests that the overall clinical consequences of COVID-19 may ultimately be more akin to those of a severe seasonal influenza. That was Dr. Fauci. And, oh, by the way, one of the contributing authors was Dr. Robert Redfield, the head of the CDC. Amazing. Dr. Osterholm is a well-regarded epidemiologist. And he was saying this in the, in the middle of March. 
He said, the flu has become a pandemic more than once and has killed millions of people. It still exists today. Unfortunately, we now have on our hands something else, but it's caused by coronavirus, which is acting very much like influenza. Folks, do I feel targeted? Yeah, I do. Do I know who my accusers are? No, I don't get to know. Could I be disciplined by the Board of Medical Practice? Well, sure I could. Those two allegations are investigating. If I have been spreading misinformation, then what about Governor Walls and the Department of Health? Right around March 1st, we had a Department of Health memo that talked about the purpose of, if you will, some of the measures that would be taken to dampen, delay, and decrease the peak, to allow the accumulation of PPE, and make sure that our hospital capacities weren't being overwhelmed. In that memo, they say what the effective measures are. Cover your mouth. Don't go out if you have cough or fever. Avoid touching your face, your eyes, or mouth. Cover your mouth if you cough. Wash your hands frequently. Minimize outings. Socially distance. But what did they say were not effective measures? They said wearing masks is not effective. Taking antibiotics is not effective. A month later, Governor Walls comes out, talks about 74,000 Minnesotans dying. Later on, he went back to 29,000, and right around then, I put a different video out saying just the facts. And I said, I'm not buying 74,000 Minnesotans dying. I'm not buying 29,000. And then this one came out a month later, right around May 1st. This is a model that they're using. And it says on here, Minnesota's model projects nearly 1,000 deaths a day in mid-July. Well, folks, that's next week. So far, we have less than... So right around 1,500, of which all but 300 of them have occurred in people in long-term care facilities, in large part because the Department of Health participated in decisions that put people with active COVID-19 disease in the nursing homes. And I'm spreading misinformation. Of course I am. You're a doctor, bro. You know this. I don't know what to tell you. I just know this is wrong. We're in a bad place. My wife asked me the other day, Scott, why did 911 pull us together as Americans so much? And why is COVID-19 breaking us apart? I think physicians are part to, part to blame. Scientists are. We've become so darn political. Physicians and scientists in the past are supposed to be above the fray. <laughs> They're not. I have this odd set of hats I'm wearing because I'm the vice chair of the Health and Human Services Committee in the Senate, and I'm involved in policy discussions and involved in bills that deal with providing relief for COVID-19. And on the other hand, I've been a physician in the trenches for 35 years. So I try to connect the dots. I don't try to present myself to be something I'm not. I'm not an epidemiologist, but yes, I've taken epidemiology classes. I'm not an infectious disease doctor, but I take care of infectious disease every day. I just want to leave you with a couple of questions you could maybe ask yourself. Do we think it's okay for physicians to certify in death certificates that someone died of COVID-19, even if there was never a COVID-19 positive test obtained, even if there was never 
test done, even if a COVID-19 test hadn't even been considered. And maybe the worst even if, even if the family had no clue that the death certificate they received for their loved one was going to say COVID-19. What do we want to be doing there? In Minnesota, I think the Department of Health is taking care of business. Those are important questions. I'm sure there are naysayers out there that think that I'm getting exactly what I deserve. Fine. If it can happen to me, I think, frankly, that it could happen to anybody. It feels ugly. It feels like some of the people that disagree with me don't want to have a conversation. I've asked many of you to have conversations that you've not been interested. So, reckless advice regarding comparisons between COVID-19 and the flu. Spreading misinformation because I cried foul when I received a memorandum from the Department of Health on April 3rd, which directed me to a CDC link which says clearly that you could have a patient suffering from other medical problems, wheelchair-bound, severe stroke within the preceding year or two, no COVID-19 test ever done or ordered, and when that patient dies of pneumonia, it's COVID-19 death. I cried foul. And I'm grateful that the Department of Health a week later tried to clarify things and a month later clarified it further. But I'll say it again. The official people who write the coding Bible in this country said, if the provider documents suspected, possible, probable, or inconclusive, do not assign COVID-19. Thanks for listening. We better all stay engaged. All right. I didn't realize it was going to be that long, but I wanted to give you guys the full extent of what's been going on from a doctor's point of view. So as far as I can make out from that video, there are doctors that are being forced to list your loved ones who have respiratory issues such as heart attack, stroke, asthma, anything. They are forced to falsify death certificates. Your loved ones, everyone's loved ones, who has died during this pandemic, um, they probably lied about the cause of death. And they're forced to do that. Their, their license are going to have to be taken away because they're not lying to you. Senator Scott Jensen has already spoken about that. He's getting a lot of heat because he's seen this. Why? Because it's not a part of their agenda. It's not a part of their agenda to be exposed. So people who expose the agenda of what's going on, they're going to get punished. 
because they're not part of the masses that sit in front of their TV and stay scared inside. The people who are willing to do something about it are the people who are going to be retaliated against. The government is going to try to control them because they're the problem. If you don't comply with the masks, with the mask order, I don't comply. I don't. You want to know why? There's a lot of reasons why. You ever heard of 5G towers? That's a location system. You want to know why it's a location system? You want to know why we we have to stay six feet apart from each other? Because it's easier for the 5G towers to locate you. And it's easier for them to see whether or not people are having to obey the laws, the orders. If you're wearing a mask, oh, you're fine. You're controllable. If you're not standing six feet apart and you're not wearing a mask, you need to be taken out because apparently you're the problem to the agenda. This is not a pandemic or an epidemic. This is a plan-demic. It's been planned. And one of these days, when I talk about this more, I will show you the video that has been on Stand Up 911 that is also very um, interesting. The Rockefellers actually wanted this to happen. They've had orders for this for years in 2014. Why? Why is Bill Gates of all people, okay? Why is Bill Gates of all people giving people, giving doctors, giving the government medical advice? You're a technology person, dude. You're the person that has made the internet what it is. You've made, you're part of technology. You have no business in medicine. No business. There's people in India that you have decided to experiment on because of polio. You wanted to see if there was a cure for polio, but now there are kids out there with no legs because of you. <sighs> the government is being run by idiots. I don't even think it's the government's fault. I honestly think it's just the elites trying to act like they're bigger than the government, and they are not. <sighs>